Hi, my name is Joseph, and today I want to discuss The Walking Dead Season 2, uh, which ran from October 16th, 2011 through March 8th, 2012. Um, so Season 2 of The Walking Dead is a lot longer than Season 1. Season 1 was, I believe, 5 episodes, and Season 2 is 13 episodes, so it's double that length. Now, Season 2 is, I would say, a bit infamous because of the farm setting. Uh, so the majority of Season 2 takes place within Herschel's farm there are some site settings as well, such as neighborhoods, um, school campuses, um, I suppose two school campuses technically, or maybe the second location was a um, just a civic center or civic location of some sort. But my point is, is that there are multiple locations, it's not just the farm, um, well the farmstead, though that is, as Rick says, their base. That's both a good and a bad thing. A good thing because now the characters are able to become much more fleshed out. For example, Daryl, who was, I would argue, a typical, or rather a stereotypical redneck character in season one, is now much more in line with the group. It's getting revealed that maybe it wasn't so much himself that was the stereotypical redneck, but rather himself uh, emulating uh, other people within his community, more specifically his brother, Meryl. And, um, and yeah, so the positive is that we are able to get more characterization. We're able to get, uh, we are able to get more stories. Uh, for example, if the beginning of the season began with, or rather the majority of the story uh, was about the group trying to find a safe place, a place to hide um, and recuperate after season one, uh, then obviously that would have taken up some storytelling aspects. Um, the negatives, of course, is that since it is in one setting, it does get a little bit redundant. I don't want to use the word boring because the stories are always intriguing and usually it'll make the audience feel uh, invested in the story. But the constant use of the farm uh, does make it feel redundant. In addition to that, there's also, so I would argue that season two is split up into three main plot threads. The first one, or rather I guess, well no, the first one being, uh, and there are going to be spoilers, just be aware about that. So the first one being uh, the loss and search of Sophia, an intermediary period, and then lastly, the rando uh, section of the season. So about six episodes uh, is devoted to looking for Sophia, the daughter of Carol, who unfortunately ends up being separated from the rest of the group. And the only reason why, uh, in fact, the group ends up... So uh, Carl, Rick's son, ends up getting shot, and that's how they end up. the group ends up meeting her shows. Uh, uh, family and, and location because Otis, an individual who uh, lives on the farm, he's the one that shoots Carl and Otis is the one that leads Rick and Shane to where Herschel, where Herschel's uh, um, um, located at. And um, so that's how the two groups end up meeting one another. But then after that, uh, a part of the story is devoted to rescuing Carl, making sure he's a-okay. But when that's, once that has been established, the majority of the story once again takes uh, the focal point of searching for Sophia, the search and rescue of Sophia. The intermediate period that I'm mentioning is after they discover Sophia. So it's revealed that in fact Sophia has, o Sophia has always been present on the farmstead, just where most people were not expecting, which was inside the barn. It gets revealed that Harshaw, unfortunately, uh, believes that the individuals are turning into zombies or walkers. They could still be reverted back to their human selves. And thus he's collecting them, not just his own family members and neighbors and individuals that he knew, um, but any walker that he comes across. Because again, he's hoping that there will be a cure. So when the uh, group, what Rick's group, uh, the survivors end up um, 
opening the barn, they end up uh, taking, out, taking out all the walkers within that barn. And lo and behold, Sophia comes out as well. So after this, I call this the intermediate period because her show ends up being emotionally devastated, of course, because his worldview is being um, shattered. <laughs> it is unfortunate his daughter, Beth, um, she sees her mom, her walker form of her mother, get killed, quote-unquote killed, because as it turns out, she wasn't really put down. Uh, she just got knocked over, and she ends up trying to attack Beth. <laughs> and of course, poor Beth reacts to that. Uh, so a lot occurred for this poor uh, family, specifically Herschel's family. Um, so yeah, so Herschel ends up going to a, lo a nearby local bar. Uh, as it turns out, he gave up drinking, and unfortunately, he's taking it up again. So I call this the intermediate period because this is when Rick and Glenn, they go out. Finally, we're no longer searching for Sophia's character. We're not dealing with a new major plot thread. Um the results of what had occurred from the barn. Uh, but then after this, the story does spend quite the remaining of the episodes on Rando's character. So who is Rando? He's from another group, uh, more than likely a, uh, a violent group of 30 individuals, allegedly, as according to Rando, as he tells Daryl. And um, two individuals, what were their names? But fortunately, I can't recall the names, but the actor from Once Upon a Time and his friend, um, they have a conversation with Rick and Herschel, and it doesn't go very positively. And unfortunately, Rick has to defend himself, or rather, defend the group from these two individuals. And Randall's group, the main or the rest of the scouting party, hears the shots and they come to investigate. And unfortunately, walkers come, of course. <laughs> they try to tell Randall's on top of a roof, but his group comes to collect him. But for Randall, unfortunately, when he jumps down, he impels his leg and his group takes off. So that's how Randall comes to con comes into contact with Rick's group. So then the majority of the season is just what to do with Randall's character. So the reason I would I would argue that this season is infamous because of the farm setting, because a lot of individuals, they even if they do enjoy the farm setting, they can't help but admit that there is some, again, redundancy, especially because of the stories that's being told. I think that redundant feeling would have been mitigated a bit had um, the main story wasn't so focused on the search for Sophia and then the consequences or what to do with Randall's character. Uh, I'm making it seem like uh, those were just the only stories that were being told. There were minor stories in the background, uh, such as Carl's rescue, um, Shane, and the situation that he's in with Lori uh, and, and her pregnancy, Daryl, and him coming to groups with being a working member of the group rather than an isolated individual emulating uh, his community members, uh, or rather going beyond emulating his community members since Merle is not present. And um, and then of course, Maggie and Glenn. So there are other stories, but I'd argue the main, the crux of season two is the search for Sophia, um, her show's down, not downfall, but her show's slight moments of, uh, a hiccup, essentially, his hiccup, uh, and then the, Rand the Randall story arc. With that being said, I do think season two is really enjoyable. Even if it does become redundant, I would argue that most individuals are not watching The Walking Dead for the end go, or the main story, rather than watching it because of individual characters. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to lie, there were some characters who... so. Before we even start talking about the characters, I just want to say, I, as much as I do enjoy The Walking Dead, this is one of those instances where who, who do I, who, or 
Rather, when I want to discuss the characters, who can I blame? Who do I blame? Do I blame the actions of the characters? So because they're built organically or do I blame the writers? So let me be more specific. I'm primarily thinking about Laurie's character. So as much as a lot of people want to just uh, rag and uh, uh, belittle Laurie's character, drag her through the mud, I think it's important to keep in mind that how much of it was because of Laurie's character herself and how much it was because of the writing of the Walking Dead staff. Um, and if one who ever watches season two of The Walking Dead, I think it becomes apparent what I mean by that. I have read the comics. I have to reread the first uh, uh, volume. Uh, it's been a while, but I don't recall Laurie acting. The, I, I don't recall Laurie pitting Shane and Rick against one another in the same way that she does in the show. Now I use the word pit on purpose because after watching season two, there was a couple instances where they could have put the relationship to bed. They being uh, Rick, Laurie, and Shane. But the reason why the issue keeps popping up is because. Uh, essentially, Laurie keeps going back and forth. She tells Shane, leave me and my family alone. You're not part of this anymore. But then she gets upset at Shane. Why are you ignoring my family? <laughs> You're upsetting Carl. Um, and then she's, and then Rick has this conversation with Shane. He knows what they've done, uh, they being Shane and Laurie. Um, but he has a conversation with Shane. And it looks like it's been taken care of. Uh, but then again, Laurie has a conversation with Shane. Once again, just... Highlighting how they both made errors, but essentially she doesn't, although what they did was a mistake um, and a partially a regret, um, it's something that they both did and um, well, it's done, right? And uh, she thanks him for protecting her, even though they may not be comfortable with the actions that they did, they understand why they did it and she understands that he was doing it to protect her and Carl as well. And I would argue that that's one of the moments where Shane ends up breaking is that he deludes himself into thinking that he still has an opportunity with uh, uh, with um, Laurie and Carl. And this delusion is what ends up having Shane to, um, well, commit his plan of taking out Rando and killing him and trying to separate Rick and then murdering him. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely, uh, from a viewer perspective, Laurie is... An annoying character because of the way that she treats both Shane and Rick. Um, but then at this flip side, um, when I apply my critical thinking skills, is it really the character's fault or is it the fault of the writers? So that is one aspect that it is a little bit unfortunate. Um, but with that being said, Laurie is not 100% uh, distasteful. There are some moments where one realizes, dang, if only... It's unfortunate that Laurie... Sorry, everyone. I'm just fixing my hair really quickly. <laughs> um, if only Laurie had... Um, well, not had commenced her relationship with Shane, uh, she would have been, as Carl points out, a really great first wife, quote-unquote first wife, or first lady, excuse me, the first lady. Now, since she is Rick's wife, uh, Carl points out that she's essentially almost like the first lady. She's the uh, second spokesperson for the group. And um, there's a couple instances in the, sh in the, in the season where Laurie demonstrates that, where she uh, mitigates uh, arguments, and she also just helps... Uh, uh, um, individuals uh, uh, to get into what they need to do, remind them of the responsibilities. And it was really cool to see that. And as an individual who has watched the rest of the series, it's just a little bit saddening to know what's going to be her outcome. Um, and knowing that this first lady status is not going to be lasting. So it was really cool to see it while it lasted, um, even if it was short-lived. And then, um, of course, in addition to that, <laughs> there's also Angela's character. So she's really awesome in the comic books. Um, but I think she has less of an issue like Laurie's character, that issue being can we blame the writers or can we focus on the character itself, themselves. In this instance, Andrea's character, she's just so <laughs> very irritating. She just seems to be very um, 
needing as if she needs to prove something to herself, and thus uh, she ends up affecting the rest of the group as well. Um, I do my best to be as patient as I can be with Andrea's character, especially because again I did read the comics, and it's just so unfortunate how the show was not able to emulate a uh, comic Andrea, who is just an awesome character. Um, but oh well, right? Um, were there a couple of instances where she was fine? Actually, to be honest with everyone, I much prefer Lori's character <laughs> over Andrea's character. Um, but, to be frank, though, no, I'm trying to think of instances where there were positive, I guess her, her relationship with Shane, I did like that. Um, I did sympathize with Shane because obviously I really liked the episode where Shane uh, and Rick take uh, Rando out to that school campus or the civic center setting, whatever it was, and they see that lone walker walking through the field. And at the end of the episode, after going back home, uh, Shane sees that same walker. And one can't help but feel that Shane really empathizes or connects with that walker. Uh, that walker is alive, quote-unquote alive, but it's dead and alone, right? It's alive, but it's dead. And not only that, but it's not with other groups of walkers. It's alone in the field. Right? Very isolating to be uh, essentially other twice the walkerness. And then the alone, the aloneness, the aloneness aspect, or the isolated aspect. And one can help but feel that Shane feels the same way, right? He's part of a group, but he's not really part of it at the same time. He's really, uh, he was planning on moving away from the group. The only, re the only reason why he stayed was because of, 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 of Laurie asking him to stay. But even though uh, he is part of a group, he's not really alive at the same time because of the relationships that he's not able to partake in. So, yeah, so I do appreciate Angie's character in that regard, I suppose, um, having a uh, companion or acting as a friend towards Shane's character. But I would be, I'm going to go ahead and say that they probably are, or rather, let me start over. I appreciate their friendship, but if they were to go beyond uh, just a friendship, so they do have um, uh, a romantic, um, they do have um, a, 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 an instance of, um, sexual attraction or in other words intercourse um sorry i was trying to think of a of a professional way of stating that but i lost my train of thought so excuse me um so but it's never implied that they're going to start something romantically it was just kind of like a um a one of thing kind of deal but if they ever did get into a relationship i would probably say well not probably i know for a fact it would have been a toxic relationship because it seems like shane unfortunately just has issues with well communicating um yeah, just in, in in terms of communicating. But I guess one could also say the same thing with Andrea. She also has issues with communicating as well. Um, but anywho, uh, this season also does a great job of setting the seeds for Daryl's character of how uh, of how he was in the first season and how he becomes such an integral role for the group as the series continues. That really does start with season. You know, I was going to say season two, but I would say that some of those seeds were actually planted in season one because Daryl, I combine Glenn and Daryl. Daryl starts expressing um, respect towards Glenn's character when Rick uh, and Glenn go back to the city for both Merle and that bag of weapons. Um, but it's just there. There's not really much respect. But in this season, one really starts to see how Daryl wants, wants to participate with the group, help the group. And it's also really cool to see how Rick, towards the end, after his fallout with Shane, um, when he gets into a physical altercation with him, how Rick starts delegating more responsibilities towards Daryl. And I love how at the end of the season, Daryl tells everyone is kind of going against Rick except for Herschel. And Daryl, and I just love how Daryl tells Carol that Rick's an honorable individual. He's never done anything wrong by, uh, Rick's never done anything wrong to Daryl, to anyone else. 
And uh, and Herschel, even Herschel, he states at the end uh, to Maggie that they should listen to Rick and what he has to say. And that's an aspect that I really do enjoy about season two as well, not just the building of Darrow's uh, uh, foundation as a uh, as a member of the group, but also the foundation of Rick being the leader of the group. When the group first gets to Herschel's farm, one could really tell that there's two leaders. There's Rick and then Herschel. And throughout the whole season, especially in the bar setting, when they encounter those two other uh, individuals from the Violent group, from Randall's group, uh, I couldn't help but feel like it was uh, two leaders speaking with an outside group. But one, uh, at least I noticed that Herschel was allowing Rick to take control of that conversation. Uh, so you kind of see a little bit of how Rick is able to protect other groups as well, not just his own group. And of course, once the, once the farm falls and Herschel essentially loses his place of residence, he also loses his role of leader, quote unquote, um, uh, not symbolically, right? Because obviously he could just remain as a leader type after the farm fell, but literally because it's his home setting is gone now. That's where he got his status as leader of this group because it was his, his farm. But Herschel doesn't try to, in the same way that Shane kind of wrestle that leadership role away from Rick, he almost right away accepts that the best course of action is to have one, one such a role figure and he has no qualms of letting that be Rick. And I think that's very telling. I'm not gonna lie, I probably do sound like I'm, <laughs> like I'm shilling for Rick, uh, Rick's character a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, he is my favorite character in the show. And uh, I really do appreciate Rick, both this show and comic counterpart. Um, but yeah, uh, and then also, of course, with Daryl as well. So I think that's not on, an accident that's being done on purpose that Herschel and Daryl, two individuals who would be the ones who would want to not be working with Rick, they're the ones who remind the rest of the group, hey, Rick's doing the best that he can. Maybe we should listen to him. Even after Rick does his little speech about how it's no longer a democracy, their group, rather, it's going to be a dictatorship, or rather, as the fan base calls it, a Rick-tatorship. Um, but I, I could see why Rick is stating that statement and why he said that, right? There was a lot of cool moments within this season, even if it, if it was long, if it didn't feel redundant. One of the coolest parts of the season was when Sophia comes out. I love how the rest of the group, they're just shooting and Rick is doing his best to be that, that midterary between his group and Herschel's group. And he's just holding on to the, the leash of a walker that he was helping Herschel put into a barn. And he's the only one not shooting. Everyone else is just, um was shooting the walkers and then when it's revealed that Sophia is inside the barn too I, I just really appreciate how it's Rick who everyone else is shocked and dismayed and it's Rick who recollects himself and just walks forward takes out his his revolver and does what needs to be done and I really appreciate how the next episode after that just continues where that left off and it really just highlights how how Rick he he, he he takes into consideration the context and he reacts upon that. Like, for example, one could try to argue, well, Rick is a murderous individual when he kills those two individuals at the bar during the intermediary period. I would argue, well, as Rick points out, they drew on them had Rick not shot them. Uh, had Rick not shot the both of them, just one of them, the other individual would have attacked Rick. So that was really cool. A small aspect I do want to discuss. Uh, so really quick, because I know a lot of people like to say how Rick becomes more like Shane, but I think Context is really important and I think that's why we spent so much time with Rando and Sophia to really highlight how while Shane wanted to move on Rick wanted to remain because he cared about Carol. He cared about Sophia But not only that and he also cared about his own family as well uh, his wife and his son and then when they showed uh, Rando they again wanted to emphasize how Rick although he's willing to kill when need be 
he still keeps in mind life and values life and he's doing his best to adapt to this new world while keeping elements of the old world present. And I think that does a great job of, of, of highlighting that aspect. And, um, and yeah, so season two, although it is a bit redundant, uh, it never feels slow per se. One, because it doesn't feel slow because one is invested in the characters. One might get a little bit uh, impatient with the Sophia storyline, but again, it never feels slow because while the storyline is occurring, other characters are doing actions and, um, um, and uh, actions that allows the viewer to make conclusions about these characters. Um, so yeah, if one has seen Walking Dead Season 2, let me know what your thoughts on it are. Please let me know in the comments below via a personal message. I do thank you for watching along. I really appreciate it. Um, do I recommend The Walking Dead Season 2? Yes, I really do. Uh, it really helps to set up the, uh, the group that we know today, especially Rick's character, his transformation from being that naive sheriff type and turning... Oh, excuse me, everyone. Hopefully it won't... Uh, I'm getting a phone call, but it's just... Let me, oh gosh, it's just a spam, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Hopefully that won't play in the video. Um, first uh, external in uh, interruption, or rather first external interruption from the laptop. So excuse me about that. What was I saying? Oh no. Um, the transformation of Rick from his naive sure of self into becoming the leader, uh, the leadership role that he needs to turn into in order to protect the group and his loved ones. We see that change through his pants. He starts, he stops wearing his sheriff's pants and of course his sheriff's hat, which he ends up passing on to his son, um, Carl. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for watching. I thank you for your patience as well, especially at the end of the video and uh, with me fumbling with my hair. I have a great day and take care.